0: Let's get into the question for today. And this is the one I posted this week. The question for today is, uh, what does it specifically mean to seek the kingdom of God? How can you do that? And it's an interesting question because, you know, of all of the questions I've posted, I've posted four now, or three. This is the one least engaged. And as time goes on, I also understand people engage less. You know, when the first comes out, it's exciting and new, they'll engage. But I do think this is giving into like heavier things. And I think that's important though. You know, one of the things of our church is that we want to make sure people are articulate Christians. That you don't just hear me and you're like, good. It's I want you to think for yourself, what do these things mean? God forbid I am ever to die. I hope that we have equipped people that they have a strong walk with God, that then they're equipping others. That's the goal of the church. I don't need you to say what I say. I need you to figure out what do you believe about God. Articulate that. Because here's the truth. If you can't articulate it, you don't do it. You know what I mean? If if you don't know how to seek the kingdom of God, you can't do that. I'll also add this in. This is one thing I've been saying. You know, The more you care about something, the more you care about the answers. So the more you care about money, the more you care about understanding a 401K or a 403B and a Roth IRA. You're like, what are all these letters? right? But we're ready to engage with it because we care about money. The more you care about your workout, you're like, okay, what, what's my calories? What's my macros and micro calories or all these things? Talk about like you know biceps and pull day and pu- push day. You know what I'm talking about? Like People have so many in- intricate answers for the things they care about. But when it comes to God, we we don't have any answers. And it makes me wonder, do we care enough about it? Because the more you care, the more you will find the answer. So this was kind of the intro to the question. Let me ask you then, how do you seek the kingdom of God and what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? God. Giving the kingship of your life to God. He controls. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard, yes, yes. Uh, I will say this too. You know, one of the difficult things is this is kind of like ambiguous language. Like Jesus doesn't make things clear. He's not like, hey, I need you to go to Jerusalem and worship me at the temple. You know, that's very clear. I did that or I didn't do that. He says, seek the kingdom of God. Kind of like this big language that it's like, am I making God the king of my life? I think so. I don't know. Like how do you know you've made that God the king of your life? But thank you for the answer. Again, when I push back, it's more, I want us to think deeper. Like, these are the things I think about. God, I don't want you to be this mystery far away. I want to, as best as I can, understand you and live it out. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So this participant said that the the different commands, I'm talking to the online people, the different commands are what we're called to do. I can agree with that. That's a great start. Thank you for that answer, by the way. I appreciate it. Ooh, he said, our participant said, seek is an interesting word that means active participation. Don't say you're seeking God and just think about God. It requires some work. You know, my hope is by the end of the sermon today, you have a, a, just a clear answer for you what it means and that you can take some practical things home with you So that on Saturday, before you come to church on Sunday, you can think to yourself, did I seek God this week? Because right now, if I were to ask you, it's like, maybe I sought God, maybe I didn't. So that's my hope for my message today. So the first thing I'm going to say is seeking God's kingdom is different than seeking God. You know, the word, like the language of kingdom is like that to the idea of kingship. And again, that's far away from us, but it's this idea that he's the one controlling your life. You, and James said this well, you have to seek that. It's not natural for you to give kingship to someone else. Especially in the American country, we do what we want. But it's saying you have to look for the reign of God in your life. So in order to start to think about that, you have to start to understand who the king is and what he cares about. And if you can understand who God is and what he cares about, then you can start to align yourself with him. You can start to align with his kingship. So, w- another way of looking at that question is to say, what doesn't he care about? And so that's what I'm gonna be looking at today. What God doesn't care about? And we'll, hope, we'll get into that. So, the first thing that God doesn't care about, well, let's look at some text. So, the first one, um, by the way, this is the Colosseum. For those online, I have a PowerPoint. And so, the idea of kingdom. Is that we have these, these kings? This was. Do you know which empire this was for the Colosseum? The Roman Empire. The Romans they had conquered most of the world at this time, and this is what they when they established a kingdom. What right? What did they want to see? They wanted to see buildings set up. And to this day, it's still there. But now we're thinking: How does God want to establish a kingdom on this earth? So. Let's look at some verses. So the first one is 1 Samuel 8, verses 5 through 7. And I'm going to read it for those online as well. It's, and this is what happened. They said to him, and him is Samuel, you are old and your sons don't follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all, the, all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. So let's compare the way of God with the way of the world. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of the world. What do you notice in this, in this uh, two verses, three verses? They wanted, okay, why did they want an earthly king? They had a king, God was their king. And God wanted to be their king. Yeah. So the first thing I recognize about seeking God's kingdom versus your kingdom is that God doesn't care to do what everyone else does. This is going to be a big problem for many of us today. If you want to seek God, the path is narrow. We want to do what everyone else is doing. You know, why, why do we do that? Because there's a sense of safety there. You know, if I'm going somewhere where no one else is going, guess what? I might be attacked. You know why people stay in packs and herds? Because maybe the lion won't attack me. It'll attack the outside animal first, and then it will kill me. <laughs> we want safety and protection. Think about the people who truly followed God. They were weird. John the Baptist. I always think about John the Baptist. What did That, that man is, he followed God with his whole heart but guess what he was wearing everyone wore one thing what did he wear camel skin everyone is eating one thing what did he eat Locust and honey right everyone was in the city where was he outside the city he was doing things completely different so the first thing I want you to recognize if you want to establish a kingdom for God and seek it you will not look like others and that's hard The second thing, let's read the next verse, 2 Samuel. And this is kind of an overview. So we're looking at a lot of verses today. 2 Samuel 7, verse 1 to 2. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. So David was looking and he was living in his palace. And he said, look at me, I'm living in a palace, but the ark of covenant where God resides is in a tent. So what do we recognize here about God's way versus earthly way? Residence is what I'm going towards, yes. What do you notice about residence? Say it again. He's in a small place. He doesn't need a temple. He doesn't need anything fancy. He just needs something where his presence is. So what I take is God doesn't care about physical locations. One of the problems today in the church is we are more interested in church building than God's presence. Who cares where you are? As long as God's presence is there, that's the most important thing. You see, God never asked for a temple. Do you understand that? He never said, hey, could you make me a temple? If God God cared like a human did, you know, the human wanted the Colosseum. The human wants something that everyone can see. God doesn't care about that. And are you okay with that? Is my question too. God might take you on a journey where you don't get everything you want. Are you okay with that? You know, you know one of the problems that happened as after they built the temple, you know, the, one of the problems if you learn about Israel's history is there was an arrogance that came with that. They said, We have God's presence with us, no one can do anything to us. And there was an arrogance. They almost took God's presence for granted. The building became the focus. And this is why God doesn't like things, physical things, because our attention, our eyes go off of him and go towards a thing. We get more focused on the thing. That's not what's important. He is what is important. So the second thing I want to to challenge you is God's kingdom doesn't care about location. We continue. I I have three more. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 to 17. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to a villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We only here have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So what do you notice about the kingdom uh, that God is establishing? He had compassion for people, well said. How did he have compassion? Right, and I'm focusing on specific, the fact that he fed them. He cared about people and their needs. And he didn't look at the resources he had, he said, Let me just help the people around me. You know, God's kingdom, you know, when people think of a kingdom, they think of war, and I'm going to take over this land. But what does God think about? Let me just love people. Even though I don't have that many resources, let me love with the resources that I have and take care of the people around me. So what I recognize about God is God cares to help people in contrast to amassing more. We are, we are people that want more and more and more. And even if we have more, we don't want to help the people around us. God has given us plenty. You know, if, we, if this was us, we would have t- found the five loaves of bread and two fish and then ha- hid it for ourselves and eaten it in a corner. Because <laughs> we want to eat. We want to take care. It's our job to take care of ourselves. But the kingship of God is you give of yourself. Like we get $10,000 and I need $50,000 in my bank. Then I get $50,000 in my bank and I need $100,000 in my bank. God's kingdom is not about building up more and more here. Every resource we have is meant to bless others and look out for the needs of others. Obviously, take care of your needs. I'm not asking you if you have $500, go give that to someone else right now. Take care of yourself in wisdom. But with what God has given you, bless others. That's what his kingdom is about. That's what God cares about. We continue on. We have two more. John chapter 13, verse 12 through 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. What do we notice about the reign of God? what do we notice about how God establishes his reign? Yes, an earthly king holds his fist up hard and says, if you do this, I will kill you. And Jesus says, I don't do any of that. I just want to serve you and love you. And so God doesn't pay care about gaining power, but serving. And I look at the churches today and I wonder what is wrong with people. All people want today is power in the churches. That is the complete opposite about the kingship of God. Our God wanted to serve people. He wanted to lower himself. And if anyone didn't need to lower themselves, it was our Jesus. He was the creator. He's the one who created the feet that he washed. They should have been bowing down to him. Yet he served. So I want you guys just to think about today this idea of the kingdom of God and establishing is so different. I have one more, and then I will continue this. But it's Luke chapter 22, verse 42, and this is Jesus saying, Father, if you're willing, take this, come from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And what do we learn about the reign of God versus our ideas? We don't get to do what we want to do anymore. Jesus doesn't care about doing what he wants, but about what God wants. And I think this is the problem of the church today. We are so consumed with, what do I want? And if you want to seek the kingdom of God, you don't get too much say anymore. Because he's the one in charge. And so I will wrap up this portion of it by saying this. One thing I notice is if you want to establish the kingdom of God versus your kingdom, you have to go against your natural way. Your mind is not gravitated towards serving God. Your mind is not gravitated towards seeking his kingdom. Your mind is gravitated towards you. And if all you're ever thinking about is, what am I feeling right now? You will never seek the kingdom of God. You know, God died on the cross not so that we can keep living the life that we have, so that we can have victory in our life. You are not a slave of your emotions. You are not a slave of anything, of any addiction. God has given you victory, and you need to claim it and walk in that and say, I'm not a, I am not a slave of my anger. I know I always get angry, but God, I am stronger than that because of what you've done on the cross, right? I am, I am stronger than my apathy. Yes, after work, I don't want to go love other people. But God, I am bigger than my apathy. God has given you a strength and a victory if you will claim it. You have to claim it. He didn't die on the cross for us to be weak. He died on the cross so that we would have victories in our day-to-day life. Yet many are just slaves of their feelings, their addictions, and whatever they have going on in their life. You know, one thing I'll say is, You know why I'm saying all this? Because I want you to think about like your your frame of mind has to shift. We come to church and we want to feel good. And after that, when on Monday, when I don't feel good because I'm stressed, I don't walk with God. I'm telling you this right now: serving God doesn't feel good. Like serving God literally goes against everything you want to do. It doesn't feel good. So you have to shift your mind right now. The only comparison I can think about is like think about med school. You know how hard medical school is? I've never gone through it, so I really don't know fully. But, but people that I've talked with, my goodness, you have to like study like thousands of like parts of the body. Like literally, they're, they're taking hours and hours and hours. They work so hard. It's like nursing school. It's like any higher education, like you surround your whole life around that. That is what Christian life is. It is one of the most difficult things that you will embark in, where you will have sleepless nights. Like It's it's sad to me that we think an earthly institution is harder than Christian life. Christian life is the most difficult thing you can embark in. And yet we are so lazy about it today. We are so much about me and how I feel. So if you are interested in really seeking the kingdom of God, you have to get rid of what I want and what I feel. And say, God, I want what you want. And that will not be easy. And that will be a struggle. But it's worth it. And that's what God's calling of you. So we continue. We continue on. And so um, actually I wanted to share a story. And here's the beauty, I think, of seeking what God wants versus what you want. You know, one of the things, um, one of my insecurities of life, I've kind of grown over it now. Um, but you know, in my late twenties, this was a little bit harder. So I, I'm an educator. I'm a teacher, and in this country, we uh, educators don't get paid the most money. You know, we get uh, we get a good salary. It's enough. But you know, you look at your friends and you compare your life. You think, wow. Like, and I always think about my paycheck. Sometimes, like, man, people are getting triple what I'm getting right now, <laughs> quadruple. Wow. Like, I'm happy for them. I, I like it's. I'm genuinely happy. But I'm like, man, God, like. I want this too sometimes. It goes about the idea of what I want, you know? And so uh, this week, you know, I was even talking to one of my friends about that. And I know God has me in a place for a reason. So one of my, you know, I was mentioning this to you. One of my students was talking to me about how his parents are going through a divorce. And he was telling me, you know, they officially closed their house this week and they've moved on. And he was telling me that... uh, You know, he was like, what was the point of all of it? Why did I try to help my parents? You know, why? what was the point of me doing all of that? Like, he's like, I don't have any hope anymore. He's like, he was was almost going through a season of hopelessness. He's like, how can I believe in God? You know, and it was interesting. I was able to tell him my story of trusting God. That even though things don't always work out and I may not seem the best on paper, You know, like, it was just interesting. He, like, my story was an encouragement to him. And he told me, Mr. Thomas, you know, you may not know this. He's the school year is coming to an end. But he was like, I just want to say thank you because there are many days that I didn't want to believe in God. And your faith in God encourages me. It makes me feel like there still is a God out there. And so it made me think my life with my insecurities, you know, with me following the kingdom of God is difficult but maybe God just needed me for that one boy. He may have needed my life to help one person continue to fix their eyes on God. And I have to almost be okay with that. And in many ways, when he said that to me, oh man, the feeling of meaning in my life was something that you can't imagine. I was like, man, my life is more than just me. My life is a vessel for God. And again, this is seven years of doing this, And one story, so, you know, like, it's one of those things that it's like, it's not like I'm saying you decide to give the control of your life to God and life becomes easy. It It is hard and you have to give up of yourself, but it's worth it. And this is what God is calling of you. And this is what God is calling of the church. Because you realize sometimes it's not even just about you anymore. It's about what God needs of your life. God has a purpose for each and every one of you. So I'm just going to do one more thing and I'm going to end. We're going to leave with some practical things that we can add to our day so that we can seek the kingdom of God. Because here's the thing, if you don't have a practical thing, you will leave here not doing anything different. We know what he doesn't want, but what does he want? And it was interesting, Heps kind of came, she was kind of uh, vibing with me because that's kind of where I'm going. What has God already called of you? What could you do day to day so that you are intentional to seek his kingdom? Any, any commands come to mind? Yes, love others. So in this week, you can be intentional. How can I love someone? Let's put some more words to what the word love means. Because that's a big word. What can you do to love someone this week? Very good. Call them. Sacrifice something for them. Like maybe God is asking you, give some. Maybe get a, like a, a snack for somebody. You know, one of the small things I always do is for my students, I'll like get them an ice cream. Like I give them an ice cream bar this year. Hey, believe in people. True. Believe in people. What else can you do? Pray for them. Do something. Very good. What other commands can we add into our life? Let's keep going. Love orphans and widows. This is a command throughout scripture that God has asked us to do. So go out of your way. There's plenty of nursing homes around. There's plenty of elderly ladies who live by themselves. Just reach out and say, how are you doing? I was challenged even with my neighbor, who is a lady who lives by herself, just to text her and say, and I, I went to her house this week. She wasn't there. So I'm going to continue to try to just reach out to encourage her. These are ways that you can say, I'm getting out of of my mind to establish the kingdom of God because these are the things he cares about. What else? Serve people. What does it mean to serve someone? Yeah, that's a good one. Put them above you. Do the things no one wants to do. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. And I've been kind of getting into deny yourself most of today. What does it mean to take up your cross? Do what God has called of you. The cross is the thing that God needed from Jesus the most, the highest act of obedience. God has made each one of you with a purpose for him. And to grow that, I think, is our responsibility. I'll add two more and then I'll be done. Love your neighbor and then love your enemy. What does it mean to love your neighbor? Grow a relationship with people. So here's the thing. You know, one of the things, one of the reasons I make these kinds of lists and do these things is they're much more tangible. I want it to be things that hopefully by Saturday you said, hey, I did that. This week, I sought the kingdom of God by doing this. And I know I've said plenty of things up here. So my prayer is that you take one or two and try to add them into your week. You know, I always like to end with uh, a nice story or something that wraps it all together. But I will say this. I actually am feeling convicted not to. Because here's the thing. We leave church many times feeling good and like, you know, wow, that was really good. But I want you to recognize That Christian life doesn't feel good in many times it's going to be you just out of nowhere saying I have to go do this I have to submit myself so I want you to feel bad right now I want you and not bad I want you to feel like you know one of the things they told me is like you know I was lifting weights this week and uh, I'm I'm trying to push my weight a little bit and I I let it touch my chest and then I push up I do I was doing bench and one of the things they says don't rest it all the way down because it takes a lot more momentum to push it up. Does that make sense? So instead they say bounce it, get it to a certain point and then let it bounce a little and then come up. But I want you to be, I want you to recognize the image of like, you are starting here. There is a lot against you that makes you not want to serve God. You have stresses in your life. You have things that you are gonna be like, I have to prioritize this now. But if you are really interested in serving God, you have to recognize I just need to get rid of myself and focus on God and the things God has called of me. And so we're going to end with a word of prayer and then we'll wrap up for today. But my prayer um, and my request to you guys is can you honestly, as best as you can, seek the kingdom of God? My prayer is for those online and for those here, that we honestly reflect about the kingdom that we're establishing. Are you someone that's establishing your kingdom? Or are you, are you establishing God's kingdom? And so I, I reiterate this. You know, you want to establish the kingdom of God. You will have to go against many of the things that you are going towards now. And that's difficult, but it's worth it. I've given you a few things that we can do. Um, and so our prayer is that each day um, that we continue to walk with God more and more. And that we're in the image of Christ wherever we go.